Hope Community Church. How is it going? Uh, we are going to finish our study in Colossians today. We've been uh, going through the whole book verse by verse uh, using the mirror translation. Uh, if you like a copy of that, um, go back through some of the past videos and you'll find a link and uh, you can get a hard copy or you can download the app and uh, dig in for yourself. Uh, just some really, really good, really, really good translation, especially when you're doing something like this. Really breaks apart the Greek and the Aramaic. Um, but we're just gonna we're gonna do all 18 verses. To, it's a relatively short chapter. Talk about a few things, um, and hopefully bring some encouragement and some hope to us today. So, Colossians chapter four, start with verse one. It says, "If you are the boss." Treat those who work for you in the light of their equality in Christ. He treats you like that, and he is the big boss in the spiritual realm. If you're the boss, this is pretty good. If you're the boss, if you own a business and you have employees and they work for you, then treat them in the light that all men and women are created equal. And so uh, in the kingdom of God, and we talked about this on Sunday, how when it comes to uh, the Father's kingdom, the Father's kingdom is not a political system, it's actually a family. And he established that, especially when you get to Abraham. Abraham was the head of the family, and then you had his, his, uh, you know, his, his family after that. Uh, if you can imagine them all coming to the table, everyone had a seat at the table. Um, at least that's what was... Um, that's what was presented from the from God the Father. That's what he wanted. Um, and that's how things are now. Jesus opened the door for now we can come to the table and sit with the Father. This That's his kingdom. The kingdom is we all come to the table and sit down equally as representatives of the family. And Christ, the firstborn, is the gateway to that. And so paul here in verse one he's saying hey listen if you own a business if you're a boss and you have employees uh, they're not underlings but they're actually equal to you they're a part of you and they're working with you to accomplish the goal that's in your heart to do and so you're all working in this together and he said that you should treat it like um the father treats it because he's the boss in the spiritual realm or he's the boss in the kingdom and he treats everybody equal and invites all to the table so we should do the same thing uh, when we get into verse 2, man, it gets into the nitty-gritty. It says, Persist in prevailing prayer. Be attentive and sensitive to the voice of the Spirit. Do not be over-occupied with prayers for yourself and for your own needs. Grace and gratitude, this is so good, grace and gratitude is the language of prayer. If you want to have a good prayer life, and what's prayer life? Prayer life is communication, Right? Uh, if you want to have good communication with your wife, then grace and gratitude should be the language. If you want good uh, communication with your kids, grace and gratitude should be the language. The same thing goes with prayer. When we're, when we're conversing and talking with the Father, His language to us is grace and gratitude, so our language to Him should be grace and gratitude, and we should be attentive and sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying in these moments. And so when we're here right now, um, going through uh, this pandemic, let our hearts be attentive to what the Spirit is saying. Let us be sensitive. Let us be compassionate and full of empathy and pepper our prayers with grace and gratitude. And I just said pepper our prayers. Oh my. <laughs> 
but but let's lace our prayers with grace and gratitude. Let's move on, all right? Verse 3. At the same time, remember me in your prayers. Pray that what God has in me would impact many with the revelation of the mystery of Christ far beyond the walls of this prison cell. The confines of this prison does not measure my ministry. The message of the ministry of Christ in me does. Um, my sincere desire is that my message will accurately unveil the mystery of Christ in its most complete context. You, uh, this is the mission of my life. Um, let's look at a couple of those parts of that scripture. The, the confines of this prison does not measure my ministry. Um, there's a lot of times there's things that restrict us. There's things that uh, try to control us. There's things that kind of put us in a place to where uh, we feel that we're in a prison. And those things do not define our ministry. What defines our ministry is the mystery of Christ in us. The mystery of Christ, who we are now. Our identity in Christ defines our message, defines our ministry. Our past doesn't define who we are. Uh, current situations doesn't define who we are. The stupid thing we did last night before uh, you know, we left the house or before we went to bed or whatever, that does not define who we are. What defines who we are is the mystery of Christ or our, our identity in Christ. And Paul says that his desire is that that message would unveil to us our identity. That it would be uh, shown to us what its most complete context, which is you. You are the mystery in Christ. You are the identity. You, that's, that's you. And that was his mission of his entire life. And I would pray that that would be our mission as well. Verse 6 says... Season your conversation with grace. This remains the most attractive and appropriate option to respond in every situation. Season your conversation. We, we just talked about we should uh, let grace, gra grace and gratitude be the language of our prayer. Now it's saying in our conversations with others, let it be seasoned with grace. Because that's what makes the message, that's what makes um, what we're presenting the most attractive. And it's the thing that most folks will respond to is grace. And so in, even in this time when we're, when we're sharing hope and we're talking and even the things that we post on Facebook and in social media, let all of that be seasoned with grace. Uh, and so now we get into some closing remarks from Paul, and we're going to read them anyway. It, sometimes it feels like these closing remarks, ad eh, doesn't really apply to us, but Listen to what Paul's saying and listen to the care that he has for the folks that he's connecting with and, and how uh, this is a good example that even in our situation where we cannot meet face-to-face, -face, we can still have community. And Paul here is proving that. Paul uh, didn't have social media. He didn't have telephones. He didn't have anything other than writing letters. And he is continuing community through writing letters and connecting with the church. And so let this be an encouragement to you as you read through the closing part of this letter. In verse 7 he says, Tysius will tell you all the news about me. He is my colleague and such a lovely brother whose ministry is distinguished by integrity. I commissioned him to come to you in this capacity to cross-pollinate between us so that you may also be encouraged and comforted by him. Uh, Onesimus, who originally comes from your area, will join him. He is a beloved and faithful brother, and they will represent us with you. Aristarchus, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you warmly, and so does Mark, the son of Barnabas' sister. Remember, I told you to give him a special welcome when he comes to you. 
Then there is also Jesus. Some call him Justice. These three brethren, originally Jews by faith, are my close companions and co-laborers for the kingdom of God. Epirus, who is also fruit of your ministry, salutes you. What a diligent worker of Christ he is, always laboring on your behalf with great intensity in his prayers. His desire for you is to stand strong in the full accomplishment of Christ and to be fully persuaded in God's purpose for your lives. Man, what testimonies are here in this passage. I can tell you that he is a real passion for your welfare and as well as for the believers in Laodicea and, and Heropolis. The dear Dr. Luke greets you and so does Demas. Please extend our greetings to the brethren in Laodicea, also to Nymphias and the church in her house. Make sure that the church at Laodicea also gets the opportunity to read this epistle that you again read the letter I wrote to them. Archippus, I want you to be diligent to fulfill the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. You must remember my bonds. God's grace is yours. And so in these, in these closing verses here in Colossians, you can see... Paul is continuing community, even though he's not there. He's actually in prison, but he's writing letters, and he's con continuing in community. He's encouraging, he's encouraging folks that are there in Coloss. He's reaching out to them. He's speaking into their lives, and and it's and it's a testimony to us that we can do the same through mediums like this, through social media, through uh, phone calls, through letter writing, old school, send a letter in the mail. Um, I'm sure it'll get sprayed with Lysol a whole lot when it gets to the house, but it, 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 those are still possibilities to continue in community for right now. This, you know, things are different, but community can still continue through videos, through talking, through uh, Facebook lives, through, through uh, you know, uh, phone chats, through live feeds, all of that can happen still we can still connect we may not be face to face we not, may not be able to hug each other we may not be able to shake each other's hands but community is still possible and one day we will be at a place where we can come back together and do all those things but we're going to be stronger um, because we built community beyond what we're normally used to and that's the issue we get so caught up and used to the things being the same way over and over that they become complacent or they become the norm and the church has never been at a place, well, I'll put it this way, the church, when it gets to a place where things become commonplace and norm is when the church starts lagging and sharing love, grace, and mercy. And it's moments like this where it shakes us to our very, very core that we awaken and go, oh, no, 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 this is who the church is. We're full of grace, full of mercy, and we can still continue in community. So I just want to encourage you in this. Uh, we're on the second day of the Passion Week. Um, excited about what the Father is going to be doing all this week. Um, don't forget on Thursday, Monday, Thursday, we will be doing communion together again, uh, virtual communion at some point. I'm thinking probably around um, <clears throat> 6 or 7 o'clock. Uh, that way we can partake uh, during our dinner. Uh, and it won't be a long thing. It'll, it'll be just a quick come on and, and let's pray and do communion together. On Friday night, we're planning on doing a couple uh, worship songs, a quick worship set uh, for Good Friday uh, so we can come together and pray and worship. And then on Sunday, uh, 1030 in the morning, uh, we're going to be doing our Easter service. So wear your, your best pajamas, uh, grab a good old cup of coffee and come and hang out with us on Easter Sunday at 1030. We'll do worship, we'll prayer. 
uh, I will pray and, and we'll share some words of encouragement and have a blessed, blessed Easter season. It's going to be awesome. I believe that this is going to be the greatest Easter week that we have seen in a long time because we're having it with our families and our homes. Uh, we're connecting with our neighbors across the street and we're seeing the goodness of Father flow. So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we'll look at uh, maybe another book that we can start uh, this week to go through every day. But it's been fun uh, doing Colossians with you. Thank you guys.